On this episode of The Table of Content, we are joined by Dennis Jers, a longtime contributor to We Are One Body Audio Theater. We'll talk about his background and how he's come from the beginning of audio theater to where they're at now and what he's hoping for in the days to come. Stay tuned. All coming up next right here on The Table of Content. This is The Table of Content. I am your host, Albert Sines. Thanks so much for joining us, where we talk about everything happening with We Are One Body Audio Theater. And it is our pleasure to have Dennis Jurz joining us. Dennis, thanks so much for being with us. I am very happy to be here, Albert. Uh, Dennis Jurz, for those of you who don't know, has been a very, very longtime contributor to We Are One Body Audio Theater. Now, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like audio theater. The We Are One Body audio theater has been around for 20 years, but sometimes it feels that way. And uh, Dennis was really kind of at the very beginning with some of the early productions. Isn't that right, Dennis? Yes, yes. I, I um, saw an advertisement. It was a flyer just tacked to the bulletin board at uh, St. Vincent's Basilica in Latrobe, And... Uh, just uh, stopped by and uh, was happy to bring my family along too. And we've really enjoyed participating. And, and and that's a good note to make. You you literally have had your whole family involved in audio theater in one way or another, correct? Yes, that's right. My wife's directed a few things and all of us have done uh, voice acting in various ways and uh, occasionally I get to act with my family. It's really enjoyable. So Dennis, uh, so you could try to summarize for the listeners. Could you let us know a little bit more about your background, and then we'll move on to where you're at now? Sure. I teach in the English program at Seton Hill University um, here in Greensburg, and uh, my courses include writing and journalism and literature. My training, uh, my English PhD from the University of Toronto, was in American drama, specifically American drama from 1920 to 1950 on the theme of technology and uh, human relationships. So that's really kind of specialized, and I do occasionally get to teach in that specialty, but I'm very much a generalist at Seton Hill, and uh, I do occasionally teach uh, world drama classes or drama as literature classes or Shakespeare classes, and so I have... Um, you know my my uh, uh, foot in the uh, in in the pool, sort of uh, literarily speaking, uh, looking at drama as a work of literature, and uh, it certainly helps me when I teach drama as literature to uh, continue to gain experience as an actor performing things. Do you find that, as far as you you said, you know, it helps you when you're teaching. And I don't want to get too far ahead just yet, but getting into audio theater, have you found that what you have learned through your years of teaching and your education help you to be a better voice actor? Um, yes, I do think so. Um, uh, certainly in class, among the things that I teach, for instance, when I teach a Shakespeare class, I will ask my students to record themselves delivering uh, a Shakespeare sonnet or maybe a short scene. And uh, uh, I can pretty much tell when they've actually looked up the unfamiliar <laughs> words and when they're just reading the words and they kind of don't know what they're saying. And uh, so uh, 
Uh, I don't require my students to be actors, but you can tell when they understand the words that they're saying and when they don't. And uh, so that's part of it. I certainly enjoy uh, uh, for when students do want to put in, you know, slowing down words or speeding up or putting more energy in their delivery. Some students will get ambitious and deliver their sonnets in different voices if they're different characters in the text that they're reciting. And uh, that's always very enjoyable. And uh, I never grade them on their acting ability, but I will just simply say, what are some of the choices that you made? Uh, and they will say, well, here I tried to slow down in order to indicate whatever, or I tried to get louder. And it really doesn't matter to me as a literature teacher whether they're delivering the lines the way a professional would deliver them. But if they're thinking about, okay, well, here the character is sad, and I'm going to convey that sadness in my voice in this way, uh, it really helps them, I think, to not think of literature as something that has one correct interpretation that the professor knows and that's in the back of a textbook somewhere and their job is to go into the classroom, listen to the lecture, write down what the correct words mean and what the color blue symbolizes in this poem and what the rain symbolizes in this short story and spit it all back out on a quiz. Uh, I think it's much more enjoyable experience uh, that the students will be able to take with them outside of the classroom if uh, I present them with a poem that they're not familiar with and they have to kind of get into it, again, by looking up the unfamiliar words and looking up, you know, what the word meant 400 years ago when Shakespeare wrote it, as opposed to what they think it means today. And that's always uh, enjoyable. And I'm less interested in whether they get the exact reading that I want and much more interested in can they demonstrate that they're learning about language and learning about literature and learning about culture and learning about themselves when they uh, project their own emotions or try to enter into the emotions of somebody else in a text that they're reading? And I think that those skills uh, certainly help me when I get a new script and I try to figure out, okay, well, what's different about this character Particularly if I'm reading a short story and there are multiple different characters, I have to figure, okay, well, um, uh, since the narrator is uh, in this story is um, usually going to be my personal voice, I might figure, okay, well, this character might be a little bit deeper. Uh, I might go a little bit higher pitched in this voice, uh, go a little nasal in this voice, slow down in this voice. And those kinds of choices are uh, choices that help me uh, figure out how I can bring this particular text to life. And uh, I certainly hope my students will uh, gain from the practice of looking at a text and sort of engaging with the words. They're making their own personal, individual choices as opposed to repeating what it says on um, you know, a study tips website that these are the things you're supposed to get out of this speech. Uh, and that's really pretty boring when students think that their task is just to look up the correct answer and give it to the teacher. So um, anyway, so I, I, I try to combine uh, my own interest in helping students find value in text that they're not familiar with. Uh, those are some skills that I try to bring into whatever new script that I get for We Are One Body Audio Theater. You know, and I think that you're very good at bringing what you know, what you've learned in your own experience to the table, because having uh, had the joy to work with you on several productions, 
you know, when we stop and there's a directorial comment from, uh, like, say, Gretelin wants to have the actor say something, there's been a pause for consideration. You've you've jumped in from time to time to offer your own suggestions, and they've been excellent suggestions to try to look at it from a different angle because, you know, each person could look at the character, you know, if there was three different people, there might be three different views of the character, and one of them's going to stick. And uh, so I just, I, I know that you do have a very uh, good knack for being able to sort of look at it from a particular angle and offer good suggestions for uh, for the productions that we've worked through. Thank you. And, and certainly I always make eye contact with whoever is directing just to make sure, okay, uh, is this the right time for me to talk? Am I, <laughs> sure. am I making am I making too many suggestions? Right. Um, I I always try to, to to preface my suggestions with, and this is just a thought. Yeah. No. I I, I think that your consideration is duly noted, but uh, I think it's also very gladly welcome to have uh, input from 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 yourself. And certainly, one of the things that I love about working about with uh, We Are One Body Auto Theater is the um the fact that. Uh, 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 Having somebody else listen to the words that I'm saying uh, and letting me know, whoops, you, you you dropped out of your character. You dropped out of your dialect there a little bit. I'm losing the character voice. Can you do that again? Uh, I actually like it when somebody stops me and says, can you do it again? I guess I don't like it when the reason they're asking me to do it again is because a, dru- a truck dr- drove past the, the theater <laughs> or somebody slammed the door in the next right. room. That happens. But But when somebody has an idea and says, hey, let's try this, let's try that. Uh, I always enjoy doing it over again. And, uh, uh, you know, certainly when I give lectures, there are times that I realize, oh, I just botched that introduction. I want to start over again. And it's always more work for me because then I have to go in the lecture and edit out my mistakes. But what I love at the audio theater is I don't have to do that editing. I can just say, can I do it again? Can I deliver this line a couple different ways? And then a couple of weeks later, it just shows up. And I think, oh, okay, so that was the take they decided to use. It's always a lot of fun when we get through a scene that works pretty well. And sometimes I'll say uh, that particular one character has such an unusual voice. It was hard to get back into that character when I was delivering a long speech as the narrator. So can I do all those characters lines over again and you can just drop them in? Um, I I like that flexibility. The the, the, uh, production staff is so generous, giving me the space to be creative and have fun even when it requires more work on somebody else's part. I, I, I never feel like I'm uh, uh, a burden. Uh, uh, and in a similar way, I always try not to be a burden if I deliver a line and somebody says, well, that's good, but can you try it this way? I always like that. I always appreciate it when somebody is giving me another chance to turn something that was eh, okay into something that might be even better with a little bit of extra care. And again, having a staff of trained people who know what they're doing so that I can just come in and sit in front of the microphone and talk. And then a couple of weeks later, it just shows up on a website and I can say, hey, here's something that I did uh, with uh, the audio theater. Um, it, it's really very enjoyable. And uh, 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 certainly another thing that I like about it, um, uh, in audio theater, you don't have to memorize the lines. The script is right there in front of you. And I can show up one day and Gretel can say, oh, by the way, we have new lines for you. And I go, eh, all right. But if you're doing a live theater and you've memorized these lines and they're in your head for weeks or whatever, it's a little bit, you know, th- it's a difficult situation to uh, 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 
make those kinds of last minute changes. So sure. it's really nice being part of an environment where I can meet the writers and I can meet the directors and the creative people and the sound engineers and so forth. And we can have a conversation about what's working and we can make those kind of um, uh, decisions uh, uh, on the fly. It's very enjoyable. Now, I, I, where I don't want to lose too much time here. And uh, I want to talk about the fact that you've been in you know, I, I couldn't even, I, I looked at the list to try and jog my memory, but I don't even think it's fully complete. You have a lot. There's 28 numbers by your contributor bios. Two of those are some episodes. And of course, you've been in at least one of the virtual productions. You were in the virtual production of Sherlock Holmes and the Woman. You were right. Dr. Watson, um, the faithful companion. But so out of all of those, whether the numbers are correct or not, it, it's a lot. And I'm wondering... Have you had a favorite production that you've partaken in so far? Well, I'm probably I probably most enjoy portraying Electron Jones. Oh yes, uh, the character is over the top. He's kind of a Sherlock Holmes uh, a personality, but I don't have to worry about the British dialect. Uh, <laughs> right. um, but uh, certainly the ego, and uh, I don't know. He is very much me in teacher mode when I'm teaching something that I know really, really, really well. Uh, but of course, everything Electron says he knows really, really, really well, and he's pretty, you know, he's kind of arrogant about that. So it's a lot of fun to sort of enter into his space. Um, I do think that I really also enjoyed uh, doing The Nightingale. There were, you know, four or five different voices in the short story, The Nightingale. And with the um, uh, the really nice music that was composed for that, um, I thought that was a really uh, a really very beautiful production. It was a very nice story, and um, I guess in, in part, I guess because of the the music, there was a long time from when I recorded it to when it appeared, and uh, it showed up uh, in March, I think, uh, this past March, and we probably recorded months earlier. So it was really nice. During the uh, lockdown, when things were very difficult in mid-late in, uh, mid March, uh, to have this piece show up uh, with a very beautiful music and really nicely sound engineered and really nicely put together. So that felt very um, very rewarding to have been part of, of a project that was larger like that. Uh, certainly also I enjoyed uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes and the Woman in part because my daughter played the woman and... Uh, uh, being able to uh, be in a show with her is is always a, a treat for me. Yes, and uh, I'm hoping to get her onto the table of content when she has some free time. So uh, it'll be nice to get her balance of uh, your daughter sort of commenting from her standpoint of being mm -hmm. able to perform with her father. So uh, we'll look forward to that episode here in the near future. Uh, Dennis, uh, I'd just like to, I guess, close with any sort of closing thoughts as far as the medium itself of, you know, sort of radio theater, uh, recording, uh, just voice talent, uh, anything you'd like to sort of offer to the listeners about this particular format? Well, uh, when I was in college, I interned for a couple semesters at a local radio station. And then I had a, a summer job after that and doing radio news. And so during a formative time of my life, when I was, you know, 19 or 20 years old or something like that, I spent a lot of time around radio people. And uh, I really enjoyed how the advice they gave me was uh, don't think of yourself as giving a speech for hundreds or thousands of people to listen to. Just think of that one person who's sitting in their living room or stuck in traffic or, 
you know, who's put the radio on while they're doing chores or whatever, uh, you're talking to that person. It's very intimate. They're, they're, you know, if they're wearing headphones, the voice is right in their, in, in your ear, or, or if you're listening in the car, the voice is right there in the car with them. It's a very personal situation. And, uh, because when we do voice performances, we don't get the benefit of the audience laughter or applause, although there have been times that, that it, it's fun to, to crack up the uh, production staff. And, right. you know, right. I always feel right. I've done something good if I make somebody else laugh and ruin the take because they laugh. You know, I'm <laughs> doing something good on there. But, but I think that level of, of intimacy is something that you always have to appreciate. And uh, uh, if I'm doing live theater, I'm shouting to, to fill a room. Uh, and so it's a very different kind of performance where I'm speaking to the microphone, which is really the ear of my listener. Uh, I'm not thinking of looking at um, a, a, a sight line which is above the back row in a theater so that my voice carries. It's a, it's a very different, intimate, and personal thing. Um, and uh, I don't know, I, I'm very, very glad to have been able to continue doing the voice acting as a creative outlet at a time when uh, live theater has been curtailed uh, in person in many ways. And so I'm very glad that the uh, We Are One Body uh, virtual performances are among the ways that um, uh, people can still sample uh, in-person live theater and uh, be part of a communal event where you're experiencing things with other people. Even though I'm sure most people are probably listening to it in recordings, it's still nice to be part of a cast that's generating this uh, live. It's a lot of fun. I, I appreciate your your view on that, trying to focus on the one person versus the many. Uh, I think that's a, a very unique way to look at doing voice recordings, at doing these sort of uh, productions and to sort of narrow it down and uh, it helps to focus perhaps our, our emotional performance when we stand behind the mic and to really hone it in. So I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, Dennis, uh, thanks so much for giving us some of your time this afternoon to be on the show. Uh, it's always great to talk with you. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be part of this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to hear uh, any of the number of productions that Dennis has been a part of, I invite you to start at the website, waobaudiotheater.org. Go to the contributor bios, find Dennis. He's near the top as he is one of the first contributors. You'll see a long list. You can find many of the poems, the stories. You can find the Electron Jones episodes. You can find he was also in The Christmas Carol as a narrator. Uh, go to YouTube or Facebook for We Are One Body Audio Theater and dig up the Sherlock Holmes performance. And I can promise you that you will hear more of Dennis uh, in, uh, in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in to the table of content. We hope that you will come back for our next episode. And to everyone out there, be good, stay safe, and take care. <laughs>